Welcome to our podcast. I'm Mia. And I'm Vincent. And this is our journey into the ethical non-monogamous lifestyle. And we hope you'll join us for the ride. We're on Instagram as Room For More Podcast. And also Twitter, Room For More One. And we're on fabswingers.com as Room For More Podcast. So please get in touch with us because we'd love to hear from anyone who wants to talk to us. Welcome to episode number six of the Room For More podcast. Hi, I can't believe we're in episode six already. Yeah, it's really kind of surprised us both, I guess, how fun this is for us both to do. And um, we just wanted to, at the start, just really quickly say thanks so much for everyone who's who's got in touch. We've had loads of messages, particularly on Fab, from couples and singles just saying how much they enjoy it. So it's really bowled us over um, how much people have enjoyed it. So thanks a million for everyone who's got in touch. Yeah, and it's true. Like people have messaged on Instagram and Twitter as well. And it's it's been amazing how much people really liked it. And uh, yeah, it really keeps us motivated and makes us want to keep talking about this. And hopefully it won't become such a hidden thing in Irish society. People will become a bit more open as people like us and maybe other people kind of come out and do podcasts or yeah. talk about it or write about it. And, and it's not such a kind of, it's not like a dirty little secret, like a lot of people think. Yeah. So yeah, no, lots of people have said to us, you know, it's great to hear a couple just normalizing the, the lifestyle and that, you know, we're not freaks or sexual deviants or weirdos, you know, that we're kind of normal people who just do slightly unusual things <laughs> now and again. So, Episode six of our podcast is going to be about our experiences of setting out our own single journeys, uh, how we got to this point and how our first experiences went as meeting people by ourselves. It was something that in the first kind of podcast, we said that we wanted to explore as a couple um, and we also wanted to explore uh, individually as well so we've you know talked about our first steps as a couple so it's kind of appropriate now just to start chatting about um, how we've explored individually as well because that was a, a pretty important piece for us both that we wanted to explore separately too. Absolutely well we kind of decided earlier on that we were comfortable um, seeing people and we did you know even in parties we played separately as well as together um, and again, when we were meeting couples, we played separately as well as together, you know, in separate rooms. And they were both experiences that we were comfortable with. And so, you know, the natural progression, I suppose, would have been for us to say, let's try and go it alone. Mm. So, yeah, we'd we discussed the kind of the whole concept of the hall pass and what that means. Um, and one of the first ones, I suppose, happened very early on, actually, in our swinging kind of, you know, journey within a month or two. Um, I was due to go on a trip to India for work. And um, you actually said to me without me asking, you know, why don't you take a hall pass and see what kind of fun you can have over there? Yeah, because I was I knew you were curious. I knew you wanted to explore. Um, I guess we've been together a long time. We've been we got together straight after college. So we, I suppose, didn't get as much chance to explore individually, maybe as a couple who maybe waited for mm. longer until they got together. So I knew this was something you wanted to explore and I wanted to explore on my own as well. But I guess I thought the trip to India it was going to be quite a prolonged trip. 
Um, I thought it might be a good experience for you to go solo. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like to say I pushed you into it or anything. You know, you were quite keen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's always nice when partner, you know, even kind of senses that this is something, you know, you like and you want and that you're kind of hungry for in a way, you know. Mm, you didn't say it to me. I, just, yeah, I was... did feel that from you. I did sense, like you said, that that was something you really wanted to explore. Yeah. And for and for me as well, the whole kind of swinging thing wasn't just about kind of having sex with people. It was it was also kind of exploring other sides, you know, to me and other sides to my personality, I suppose. And it gave me certainly the experience in India opened my eyes to that whole other kind of fun, exciting, kind of thrill-laden world that you can get into. And I'm a bit of a thrill-seeker and I like risk and I like doing things that are a bit nuts. And um, yeah, it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. Um, yeah. So it, 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 it was great for, you know, obviously you to give me that freedom to go and do that, you know. And I guess you and off, we just talk about it a little bit. You before you left, we had signed up with another swinging website, which is called SDC. Um, and it's it's very good for international meets mm. um, and contacting people kind of internationally because, you know, Ireland at the end of the day is a very small place. <laughs> so uh, SDC was a very good fit. And you had put up your dates um, that you were going to be in India. And very early on in your trip, you were contacted. I'd planned to be in a number of different cities. And with SDC, you can put up, you know, your travel plans. So it automatically sends it out to all the people who live in that particular um, area. So it's a really kind of efficient way of contacting people because uh, the site basically does it for you. And it takes a good bit of work, you know, to actually find a couple that match and then get a meet kind of organized. You know, it wasn't easy, but certainly very quickly I had a number of different couples um, in touch with me from the different cities that I planned to kind of be in. And I suppose looking back on it, you know, India obviously is really it's not the kind of place that you'd, you know, associate with. Um, a real kind of hotbed of swingers. You know? No, you, you wouldn't typically think, wow, India is the place to go if you really want to get into the lifestyle. No, like it's a very, you know, uh, conservative, you know, country, very uh, religious, quite like Ireland in lots of ways. Um, you know, their views on marriage and family are very, very kind of strong and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so one of the cities I went to was called Chennai. And, you know, it has about 20 million people in it. And the couple that I met um, said that, you know, there's only about 100 swingers in the whole city. And I happened to actually meet the two that were free that particular night. So I had like, you know, a lottery, you know, two and 20 million chance of actually meeting a couple. Yeah. So a lot of it was luck as well. Yeah. Um, you know, part of the thrill for me was, you know, I had loads of colleagues with me who um, were traveling on the trip and in the hotel kind of milling around. So I, I organized a meet with this couple and um we had kind of arranged a way for them to get up to my room because, you know, these, you know, luxury hotels, they have kind of a swipe card in the lift and you can't operate it unless you're actually staying in the hotel. So I had to get myself down to the basement level to, to kind of meet them and try and avoid my colleagues who were kind of walking around the place, which I found very exciting. I thought that that was cool. So I got down in the in the in the lift and it opened. And so the couple um, appeared and they kind of gave me um, a kind of a knowing look, although we didn't actually say anything to each other and we kind of just shuffled into the lift 
and this porter was kind of looking at us wondering what the hell is going, is, is going on here so i brought them up to the room they were a lovely couple kind of uh, professional couple very very nice uh, very kind of welcoming to the country as well and they'd asked me beforehand um what i drank you know because they were wanting to to bring something with them and um you know i said i'm very open to whatever you know so they brought with them this thing called um old monk rum and for anyone who's been to india you'll know what old monk rum is because you can get it anywhere um it's it's black because the rum is really dark and it's cheap as anything but it and i'm not really into rum but they put this weird looking bottle of this old monk down on the table in my bedroom and I was just like, OK, whatever, you know, let's have a taste of it. So they poured around and mixed it with Coke or whatever. And it was just gorgeous. I loved it. So at, at this stage, I think it's important to say that you had told me, obviously, beforehand that you were meeting this couple and you discussed what time and how you were going to meet them. So I did know mm. that you were meeting this couple and that you were going to meet them kind of in the basement. And because you had been saying, I don't know how I'm going to get them up into my room without everyone seeing. Yeah. Now, the only problem, I suppose, at this stage for us was that, you know, time difference made communication a bit more difficult. And the, and the time difference. It's like nine hours ahead. Yeah. So, so it was yeah. it was quite a big difference. Mm. Um, while all this was going on, you know, I was I was like nine hours behind. Mm. And I suppose that's what made the communication thing a bit more difficult for us. So I wasn't able to get kind of up to the minute updates, updates like yeah. I liked. Yeah. Um, and we were on WhatsApp and I was letting you know kind of roughly what was going on. And with this couple as well, at the start, I didn't have huge expectations for them because they'd been messaging before and the guy said, you know, she doesn't really, she doesn't really have sex. You know, I was tired from work and I wasn't really that bothered. And, and I, jet lagged. And I was like, fuck it, you know, we'll just see what happens. And I'm up for anything. And, you know, he said she's into dancing. And I was just like, wow, that sounds a bit nuts, but sure. If you and it was Indian dancing, was it? Yeah. And I said, sure, if you bring the rum, I don't, I don't really care. You know, dance away. I don't, I don't mind. So, so, so yeah. So they came with the rum and they came together. Yeah. And what were they like? What did they look like? Well, he was very kind of average looking, kind of somewhat professional looking, I suppose. Nice shirt, kind of uh, wore glasses, you know, very straight looking, actually. If you saw him in the street, you would not think he is one of only a uh, hundred swingers in this whole city um she was quite different she was she came with a big bag which i was quite surprised at and so we sat down had a, a quick drink and they kind of looked at each other and there was a kind of a nod of uh, kind of agreement and he said she's just going to go off to your bathroom if you, if you don't mind and get changed oh. and i was like oh okay well, work away. It's a nice bathroom. Knock yourself out, you know. So off she went with her bag into the bathroom. She was wearing jeans at that point. And then she reappeared, you know, five minutes later. And she was wearing this kind of silky, not overly sexy, but silky flowing kind of outfit, kind of like a light bluey kind of outfit. And it was nice. It was a bit strange. You can tell, anybody can tell here that fashion is not your strong suit. Yeah, probably not, no. no. <laughs> so anyway, I was knocking back the rum and, you know, chatting to them. And the room, it was a nice room and they had this kind of sound system. So the guy said, you know, do you mind if we put on some music? Because she'd, she'd like to dance, you know. And I was sitting there saying, yeah, fine, work away, you know. So they got themselves hooked up to the sound system and put on 
this Indian music and um, she kind of started dancing and I was kind of wondering it wasn't overly kind of erotic so I was I was kind of wondering where where this was going so they danced he, did he dance too? he just kind of stood there um, okay that's a bit weird yeah he just kind of stood there and kind of watched her and she kind of did this kind of nice kind of kind of dancing thing and I thought you know grand that's fine so she got the bag again and trotted off to the bathroom and got changed into another outfit okay so this was outfit number outfit number two two, yeah this was slightly more revealing than the previous one and she was obviously getting a bit more relaxed and had had a few rums herself and the music was going and so she came back and he said you know she'd like to dance with you a little bit now and, and I, were they actually talking to each other during this time? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little you know, bit. Kind so of how did he know that she wanted to dance with you? Oh, I think he kind of sensed that she was getting more kind of comfortable with it. Mm. Or I think they probably had this kind of thing planned out. From what I knew about them later on from other people, this is kind of what they do. Okay. Um, so this is kind of their pattern. Anyway, I said to them, look, I'm not much of a dancer. You know, it's not a strong suit. Fashion and dancing would not. And singing, Jesus Christ, no. But... I said, look, I'm not much of a dancer, so I'll maybe stand beside you or whatever. So anyway, she faced him. So we were kind of, he was standing facing her and then I was standing behind her. So she started dancing somewhat as suggestively towards so she him. So she was kind of, was she kind of grinding? She was kind of swaying her hips and, and doing that kind of thing. Mm. And so I was standing twerking. there. Twerking? No, 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 no <laughs> twerking. I was standing there with a rum in one hand and my hand on my head wondering what the fuck was going on. And, and did you touch her at this stage? Well, yeah. So at that point I thought, well, maybe I could make contact. So I put my hand on her shoulder and she just kind of freezed. And I, I was just like, oh, she, okay. She, she froze kind of. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't good. And he said, no, he said, just wait until we're happy for you to make uh, contact with her. Okay, I was fair like, enough. Oh, okay, fair enough. Sorry, I didn't mean to do anything. So another swig of rum and she went off to the bathroom for change number three. <laughs> so the bag was in the bathroom at this point. She was pulling out more clothes. She got changed into another outfit, which was, again, slightly more revealing than, than the other two, but still quite conservative. So she came back and he said, OK, we'll do some more dancing. And he said, when I give you the signal, you can you can touch her, you know, but just hands on her hips or her shoulders or something. So that was fine. So they started dancing away. He, he was dancing a little bit more. She was getting much more suggestive and really into it. And um, he looked at me at one point and he gave me a nod, you know. And so I put my hands in her and um, she she kind of quivered. And then she just fell in the bed like completely passed out in the bed and I looked at him and went fuck what did I do I'm really sorry and he said no no he said it's fine he said she's just had an orgasm and <laughs> I was just like really geez I, th- I thought it was good but I'm not that good you know and he said no she's into tantric kind of uh, touch yeah essential tantric stuff you know mm-hmm. um, and he said she's just so in tune with her with her body that when she gets aroused she can make herself come like that and I was just like, wow, that's amazing. Never seen anything like that before. So I've I, never heard of anything like that before. <laughs> yeah. So after a while, she kind of recovered. And, you know, so just to fast forward a little bit, she started to get more comfortable with me. And she but t- this happened a few times, didn't yeah. it? The touching and then the, the kind of the F- ecstasy of falling on the bed. She, and she would just collapse. So handy enough, we were dancing beside the bed. So whenever she had a fall, she fell the right way onto the bed, which was, you know, well planned. Um, So after, yeah, so she got more comfortable with me, started to 
face me and she wouldn't kiss me or anything okay which um, is fair enough i know a lot of people yeah. aren't into that you know and um she started to get beasted into the into the rum as well so we were knocking back this big bottle and it was about half gone at this stage i was half cut and she was not far behind me he was a little bit more kind of in control you know so she was getting a little bit more horny and i was just getting a little bit more confused at the whole thing because i wasn't really sure where <laughs> where it was going so she went in for the final change of clothes this was change number five yeah i've lost count now at this stage and but this was definitely very kind of sexy um underwear type um attire and okay she, so it was kind of lingerie yeah and she and she came out then at that point and then she said to me she started to be a little bit well actually a lot more suggestive with me she said you know are you a good kisser and i was like yeah yeah i'm, I'm a pretty good kisser you know and which you are yeah and she said okay and so she said i might kiss you in a few minutes and i was like okay nothing like spontaneity yeah and okay i'll I'll wait for the moment shall i you know um so yeah she was getting pretty drunk at this stage and she said okay i'd like to kiss you so so we kissed and it was it was pretty good and she she took her top off and she had nice tits and everything and and did she let you touch her at the stage? Uh, yeah. Although I I was starting to kind of lose the will to carry on at this point. I was more mm. into the rum than I was into the whole kind of dancing scenario. And then she was getting pretty drunk. Uh, she suddenly said, "Do you have a big cock?" And um, <laughs> and you do. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose you know it's reasonable size. It's you know. Um, and I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Not obviously overly enthusiastic. And so she and kind of... Because at this stage, the rum must have had a bit of an effect. I mean, did you have a hard on? I did. Yeah, I, I did on and off because sometimes it was really horny and I got hard. And other times it was just like, this is just fucking nuts. Yeah. And I want these two to piss off, you know, because yeah. I'm pretty tired now. But so she hopped up in the bed and um, she stripped off. And the guy was kind of, so we were both, she was on all fours and we were just standing there, you know, looking at her. And he said to me, uh, you can smack her in the ass if you want. (laughs) To somebody who didn't like even being touched. And I was just like, okay. Um, You know, without any kind of preparation or build up. And he was fully clothed at this stage. He never got undressed at all and Mm. didn't seem to be particularly aroused either. And I was just like, oh, look, lads, you know. Um, yeah, I would pretty much finished the rum at this stage and um, I wasn't super keen to do an awful lot more. No, and I bet. Yeah, so that kind of... It kind of fizzled out then, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did, yeah. I mean, they were a really nice couple and we had a good laugh and it was... So you didn't have sex. Did you smack her on the ass? I did a couple of times <laughs> and she kind of did her quivering, you know, that thing on YouTube where the goat falls over and it's frightened <laughs> yeah. she was kind of like that so it did turn into a bit of a farcical kind of situation but it was pretty damn funny at the time yeah i know i, I remember as you messaged me when they'd left and you were quite drunk at the stage and said mm. they've just left oh my god it was nuts not in a good way yeah and yeah. um i think you probably then passed out because <laughs> i didn't hear from you again until i don't know at least six hours after that yeah I remember at the time being kind of disappointed because it didn't work out as much as I'd hoped, I suppose. And when I told you about it, you just laughed so I much. Couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing. I and, thought it was the funniest story. I was looking for kind of sympathy. Oh, you know, poor baby, you know, you, you, you know, you didn't get your end away and all this kind of stuff. All I could hear was this hysterical laughing from down the phone. It was pretty funny. It was really, really funny. And I suppose it was a first experience for both of us meeting people separately 
uh, it wasn't a negative one because no. like we got great entertainment. Um, and then again, you know, I, I was comfortable with that. You know, you were meeting a couple and they obviously had their boundaries and mm. they knew what they wanted and what they didn't want. You know, and that was really good for me to hear, you know, on the other side, on the other side of the world. Yeah. Um, so then you went uh, to another city. So, yeah, I flew out the next day to Bangalore. And um, the other good thing from this couple, apart from the rum, was that they introduced me to another couple in, in Bangalore. So I suppose Bangalore is a little bit more westernized and certainly there was a good bit more of a swinging uh, community and a younger uh, community in Bangalore as well. So I flew out from Chennai. I had worked the whole of the next day. So I was up really early in the morning, worked all the way through to six, seven o'clock, went straight to the airport. They, you know, the Wi-Fi isn't great in India. so in public places in the airport so really only in the hotels do you get connected and they'd sent me a message saying you know we know this couple in Bangalore they said you know if you want we'll send you their details so that you can maybe meet up with them so I was like cool you know that sounds fine I said that's fine send them on so then I flew to Bangalore got into the hotel at maybe 11 o'clock at night maybe a bit a bit later my phone connected to the Wi-Fi in the hotel and I started getting these messages from this, you know, couple I'd never met before who were in Bangalore and they sent me a Facebook of the two of them and they were both very young. Uh, but Yeah, I remember at this stage because we were, I was nine hours behind you, so mm. you, you sent it on to me and they were both gorgeous looking. Yeah, you know, uh, very, very good looking and the messages, they sounded pretty cool, you know. And um, so this was after 11 o'clock at night. And they said, you know, we've only just started our house party, you know, um, why don't you come and see us? And uh, so I remember standing in the hotel room thinking, what am I going to do? And I was messaging you saying, what do you think? And um, you said, you know, well, it's, you know, I can't really answer for you because it's you that's in the situation. So make up, you know, your own mind. And obviously within five seconds, I decided that I was going to dump my bags and head off into the middle of Bangalore. Um, they'd given me a Google Maps pin as to where they lived. I guess Bangalore is so big, um, the taxi driver didn't really know where it was either. So I was actually directing the taxi driver on Google Maps to actually find the place. And we drove, this was almost midnight at this stage, we drove through you know, deserted streets of, of, of Bangalore out into the suburbs, went past the Bangalore prison. At this stage, I, I suppose... You know, the thing is, you hadn't told anyone where this address was. You hadn't told me. You hadn't told the hotel. Obviously, yeah. none of your colleagues. Yeah. I dodged on my colleagues as I left and jumped so in nobody, the taxi. So nobody actually knew where you were. Obviously, it's nuts. I was getting a bit worried, though, because we were going through these areas in Bangalore that were really quite dodgy, uh, you know, broken down buildings. And eventually, you know, we came to this kind of large kind of gated um, area with security and we went through this the security gates and they were you know quite nice apartments nice flats and um, and so I turned up at this apartment knocked on the door and the guy actually hadn't told anyone else he hadn't told his his girlfriend or this other friend that I was actually coming oh my god so I just walked into this apartment in the middle of Bangalore and the guy went oh hi hi Vincent how's it going and the other two kind of looked up and said who's this exactly um and it's funny so there was the guy who was about maybe 29 30 his girlfriend was about 22 or 23 and the other guy that was there who actually I became uh, quite good friends with and I'm still in touch with 
Um, he was about maybe kind of late 20s, 30s as well. And he was there actually because he was on their version of Fab over in India. And he'd actually come for a threesome oh, with the okay, two of them. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, So anyway, I went in and um, she was already dressed in one of these kind of onesie, I, you know, she was dressed in one of these sexy all-in-one bodices, okay. I guess. So like know. a body. Yeah, like a body thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like gorgeous. And we had, even though she had no idea who I was, uh, we had an instant kind of connection straight away. And she was amazingly attractive. Um, I went in and sat down and they gave me a beer and... and were you worried at this stage that there might be more dancing ahead of you? No, because we started talking about the couple straight away. And the guy said, oh, he said, how did you get on with the couple in Chennai? And I just kind of looked at them because I didn't know if they were friends or not. And then they all kind of burst out laughing. And they said, uh, did she do all the dancing for you? And did she fall over in the bed? And okay, I, so, so they, they knew. knew they knew what it was. And the guy said, don't worry, we're not into dancing. You know, we're much more hardcore than that. <laughs> don't worry. Um, but yeah, it was cool. You know, it was very relaxed. You know, we had beers. They were... They were smoking dope and they gave me some, which I don't normally have at all, but I was just in the mood to, to try whatever. It was really fun. So we played kind of um, over a kind of a, a prolonged period of time. So, um, And you played with them both, the yeah, couple, and you played with the guy as well. It was kind of, what is it, like five people, I guess. Mm. Uh, well, there were three no, guys. No, sorry, four, yeah. yeah. So it was M, 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 F. Um, so we yeah, they had a bedroom, so we went through to the bedroom, we you know played for a bit, we came back to the, the sitting room, we went back again, and it was just really cool and chilled out. And we, I, I mean, I got there about one o'clock in the morning, and we played until maybe about four o'clock in the morning. And um, at that point, the other guy kind of left, he got an Uber and left. I stayed for a while, you know, chatting to the girl, um, you know, we got on really well and I stayed chatting to her. She wanted me to to stay longer. Um, and I said, look, I've got work in the morning at like eight o'clock. Which was actually in a few hours. Yeah. And I said, you know, I really do need to go. Um, and she said, OK, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll call you an Uber. Uh, but even at that stage, she was saying, you know, it would be great to see you again before you leave. I was going to be in Bangalore for a few days. So she said, it'd be great to see you again. So we kind of swapped numbers and I finally got in, in an Uber and went back to the hotel and then called you at mm-hmm. about I don't know for me it would have been about five o'clock in the morning at that point that's right and it was before I went to bed so yeah um so yeah and I I had been a little bit worried about you because we had no idea well I had no idea of where you were going to be yeah um and so I was just kind of relieved that you were okay and everything was fine and I suppose um for me to hear that it was it was nice and I I really liked the idea of the MMMF you know because I I think that's a big fantasy for me as well to Mm. have like more than two guys um but it, it sounded like you had a much better time so I was really really pleased that you had a lot of fun with them, not just because of the sex thing, which was obviously good, but it sounded to me like you really connected with them all and that you really it was like going to a party at somebody's house yeah. where you made really good friends with you actually had sex with as well. And that it was all quite, quite fun. Yeah. And they kind of said, look, you know, we don't identify as swingers at all. This is just kind of normal for us. You know, when there's a group of us and we're all kind of attracted to each other. We sit around and we listen to music and then then we'll go off and have sex and we'll come back and listen to some more music. And then if we feel like it, have 
have more sex and yeah that's it's pretty progressive um so yeah so in the meantime i suppose i had arranged a meet with harry from the couple we had met previously if you haven't listened to uh the harry and sally podcast um it's i think episode, it's episode number three i think it's episode three yeah that will fill you in on who harry was so we'd met both harry and sally before so we had arranged a hotel meet during the day the following day so I was telling you about him and how he was going to be there and everything and all the rest of it so I was looking forward to that so I had my own thing to look forward to because I think if I hadn't had that and you Mm. you were going to you were away for quite a while and I hadn't if I hadn't had anything I'm not just saying if I hadn't had sex (laughs) but you know it was really nice for me to have somebody to look forward to and um, just to have that thrill of meeting somebody and looking forward to something um, filthy and it was really really good so it kind of balanced things out a little bit yeah like these things do need to be equal you know with the couple I think if one person's having all the fun then it's natural that the other person's going to feel left out you absolutely know? yeah yeah and and so you know you were really pleased that I'd arranged this mm. meet with, with Harry as well and I and you felt very comfortable with him yeah. and I felt very comfortable with him yeah so we'd been chatting about that and the next day you had said to me the following day you had said to me that the girl who you met the previous night wanted to meet you again on her own yeah so she'd stayed in touch and um she was she was pretty keen to meet me on her own and i was pretty keen to meet her again yeah i mean certainly there was feelings pretty quickly you know developed between us it's it's been pretty much the only time that that's uh, happened to me in this whole kind of uh, journey um, but looking back on it, it happened very, very quickly with her. Um, so we were keen to meet again. And, you know, I asked you, were you OK with that? And we we arranged to meet on my last night, I think, in Bangalore. Yeah. And I, I knew she was coming to your room, so I knew you were going to meet her in your hotel room. Yeah. And I, I, I felt instinctively a little bit worried about that because I thought, well, she is already part of a couple. And I... You know, I know people meet separately all the time, just like we were doing at this stage. I, I had an odd feeling about it. Mm. Um, and I did kind of not worry about it, but I, I wasn't completely comfortable. Although I did say to you, you know, just go ahead and, and meet with her because I thought, well, you know, I don't want to give in to my own insecurities and fears about this. So and again, you were nine hours ahead. Mm. Um, so, you know, it was kind of like during the day for me by the time you were meeting her. Yeah, and, and she was late uh, coming eventually. You know, it was about 11 or 12 o'clock at night when she finally arrived. And, you know, again, we, we had rum because she was big into the rum as well. Um, so we, we met and we drank quite a lot of the rum. Again, she uh, brought some dope with her. So we were kind of, um, yeah, like we'd spent, you know, we spent maybe two or three hours doing that and obviously having sex as well her boyfriend wanted to kind of be part of it at the start you know at at the very kind of beginning so she called him and then uh, pretty quickly although I could hear he still wanted to be part of it she actually just switched the phone off and and put it away and um so yeah no we we had sex for for quite a while and it was pretty it was pretty intense you know passionate sex like it wasn't just regular fucking which it can often be this was this was pretty intense stuff and she was quite um she was quite dominant as a woman as well um very strong kind of character so sexually she was really quite almost aggressive as well you know um so it was very very intense kind of sex yeah it went on for quite a while and with the drink and the dope we kind of passed out and woke up at about 
five o'clock in the morning maybe and at that point in Bangalore you know I was going to call her a cab or an Uber but she lived quite a, a distance away from the hotel um, and at that point it was kind of too far so she stayed another couple of hours and then you know I had to shower and get to work and she she headed off to work as well and then you know obviously at that point as well I checked my phone and I saw that I'd I'd missed a load of messages from you and I then started to feel horrendously shit because you know I hadn't stayed in touch with you during that time yeah during this time I was freaking out because you the last I heard was that you she was you were about to meet her at such and such a time and then after that there was nothing there was just silence Mm. there was no communication at all and I sent you messages and I think I, I don't know I might have tried to call you or FaceTime you or something and I was kind of worried and then I thought no you know they've probably done rum and weed and you know just got like a bit Hammered. out of it yeah. yeah and I did think that but I, I was still I was so pissed off about it because I just thought it doesn't matter how kind of drunk or stoned or whatever you get you should stay in touch that was one of our rules mm. Uh, and it was our our most basic rules was all about communication and not leaving one person feeling kind of like they're being left out of the of the whole arrangement or and that's how I felt you know and I felt very upset and very angry about it so I went through the whole night not getting much sleep because I was so pissed off about it and the next day by then you know I was already planning to meet Harry and um, I don't think I had gotten any messages from you until I was nearly at the hotel to meet him. And I saw your messages and I just didn't reply. I didn't reply because I was so angry. Mm. And I also, I just thought, I don't want to get into it right now before meeting Harry because, you know, it's just going to ruin the buzz. Um, so I went in and yeah, it was just, it was funny. It was nice. Um, I met him. I had this whole fantasy thing that we were going to play out that I was going to be blindfolded on the hotel bed with some kind of silky lingerie kind of slip on and that he was going to come in quietly and sneak up behind me because I was going to be on my on my stomach and then that he would have his way with me and ravish me and you know it was a big fantasy of mine and we we talked about it and chatted about it and he was all for it and so um, I got to the bedroom and I changed into this little silky lingerie thing, still having this whole thing with you at the back of my mind, but I just put it out of my mind. And then I, I got a message from him to say that he was on his way up and I hadn't left a card for him at the desk. So I thought I'd better leave the door unlocked and I couldn't figure out how to leave the door unlocked without it closing automatically. So I got on my knees at the door trying to figure out a way of jamming it a little bit open. In the meantime, Harry comes in, whacks me on the head with the handle of the door (laughs) and I just fell backwards. (laughs) And then kind of that whole idea of being blindfolded on the bed and just kind of went to shit. It it did. Yeah, Yeah. I had a bump on my head and he was a bit worried that he'd hurt me or something, which he hadn't, you know, but it it gave us a good laugh. Yeah. Um, So we had a good laugh about it and we had a great time and we had we played lots. And then afterwards, because Harry's, you know, I would count him as a friend at this stage and I had by then as well. And so I was kind of filling him in on what was happening with you. I didn't want it to be a kind of a drama thing, but, you know, I was asking his advice about what he and his wife do in these situations, you know, and he gave me some very good advice. You know, he said that they both have a veto on who the other person meets and they very rarely use that veto. It's only when one of them feels uncomfortable, then they'll say, look, 
I don't really want you to meet this person. And then they'll have to discuss why. Mm. Um, and so he gave me great advice and I left that meet with Harry. <laughs> it was like we had great sex, but it was like nearly a counseling session for me as well. Yeah. Um, so by the time I left and I, I got on the phone with you, I was much calmer and, you know, I definitely wasn't delighted and I definitely wasn't happy about what had happened. But I, I if I had spoken to you earlier, I would have flown off at the deep end. Mm. Um, and it would have had we would have had the most horrendous argument. Um, so we finally did kind of chat about it, but we didn't go into a lot of depth until you came home from your trip because it's yeah. very hard to do. It is. Yeah, no, it's 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 very hard to kind of, you know, chat about that unless it's face to face, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose, you know, for me, yeah, like absolutely, you know, I kind of fucked up and I didn't stay in touch and communication is obviously really important and also you know keeping the person you know abreast of what's happening so that they don't feel um out of the loop um, but i guess the other thing was that you know you did instinctively know that um i had i had feelings for this person and they had feelings for me too you know you instinctively uh, knew that and i suppose the other thing was that um you know, sleeping with somebody actually f physically sleeping in the same bed overnight is a lot more intimate than just having sex with them. For some people, it's not. For some people, mm. they don't have. It's not a big deal. But for me, I realized that sleeping um, with someone as in staying overnight is a much bigger deal mm. um, than I, I realized. Having sex with somebody for me isn't as intimate as sleeping with someone. When you're sleeping with someone, Overnight, you know, you see them brush their teeth, um, you hear them go to the bathroom. Yeah, it's you a lot know, more personal. Yeah. It's very intimate and it is very personal. And I felt um, that having you sleep in the same room as her or her sleep in the same room as you, it felt to me that I was being left out and, mm. and I felt excluded. Um, and I think possibly if you had spoken to me beforehand and said, you know, she's not going to have time to go home or it's very late and, you know, it wouldn't have been so bad. But because of the time difference, partly and also partly because you hadn't kept in touch, um, then it just messed the whole thing up. But I did realize then that, OK, this is one of my boundaries. Mm. This is one of the things that I am not comfortable with is the sleeping over part certainly at the time but then we did talk about it and you know since then on our singles journeys we have slept over with other people but and only when we've really spoken about it mm -hmm. and are aware of what's going to happen yeah. yeah so it can't happen without the other person knowing beforehand yeah. that this is going to happen so it's not a spontaneous thing without the other person knowing who it is that you're going to sleep with yeah and this was the, I think the main problem for me is you mm -hmm. hadn't told me beforehand that you and I know you, you weren't in the position that you would have been able to have a crystal ball mm. but at the same time I think if I had known that there was a chance then I wouldn't have felt so put out yeah so it's it, again like many of the problems that we've resolved they're not problems they're little kind of obstacles I guess mm. um, then you know communication is the most important thing yeah. and I mean bear in mind as well that this actually happened only about two months into our whole swinging journey as well yeah so we were very new we were incredibly it, new to the whole yeah, thing and very naive as well yeah so like within two months I'd had on my own two MMFs and then a singles meet mm -hmm. where it slept over with somebody mm -hmm. um, and then we talked about it resolved it I went back to India again in June of that year and saw the girl again and it was cool you know? and it was, it fine was fine because it by then no you know we were 
kind of both we'd both kind of talked it through and I knew you had kind of feelings mm. for her more than just a normal meet mm. and that was okay with me by that stage yeah. because I didn't feel under threat I didn't feel kept I think the most important thing was I never felt that I was kept out of the loop uh, and I knew you weren't going to run off to India to be with her at any stage you mm. know and that's one of the things I suppose that it all comes back to is how strong our relationship is and how we feel kind of we don't actually want to be with anyone else we might have feelings for other people we might develop kind of sure you know emotional attachments to other people but at the end of the day we don't actually want to be with anyone else no i know yeah and i think you know our our relationship is stronger because it's been tested like that and because you know those things about your relationship and had we not gone on this journey we wouldn't have known that no. So, you know, our relationship has got stronger because it's gone through that period of sort of testing and examination and so on. And it's really made us see or understand what do you want and who do you want to be with. Then you actually have to make those choices and those decisions and you come out of it much, much stronger than the way that we went into it. Mm, and we both feel like that. We both feel now we can talk about anything. If If mm. one of us developed some kind of emotional feelings for somebody else, you know, we would talk about it and we would deal with it yeah. and it, it's not a huge big deal. But I think if if you were in a relationship where you weren't maybe 100% sure of the other person, if, if your relationship wasn't maybe solid at the beginning, then going through this kind of test would often break a relationship oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, it would because I could, I could feel, you know, that time in myself, these feelings of jealousy and I'm not a natural jealous person. Yeah. I, I could feel these kind of feelings of negativity and insecurity um, kind of just welling up inside me. I thought she's so much younger than me. She's so much prettier than me. You know, she hasn't had kids. Um, All of a sudden, you're just like a raging, insecure mess. And just this kind of negative feeling of of insecurity. But they're the core things that your uh, relationship and if you kind of shake that, then it's it, it is potentially quite, you know, damaging for a relationship but at the same time if you get through that then it makes that core so much stronger um because yeah and you're... and we definitely we came we came out of that really so much stronger and so much um so much more clear about what we wanted and what we didn't want and i suppose after that then it wasn't too long after that i decided well you kind of encouraged me as well to set up a singles profile mm. um and to, I suppose I was curious about what would it be like to be a unicorn, you know, because we, we were always so interested in, in the unicorn idea. Um, and so that will probably be our next podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so from this, you had encouraged me to try more to play on my own. Um, and, you know, you were curious to see how you would feel about that. So we'll talk more about in the next podcast, me setting up my singles profile and how that developed um, and everything. And and we'll definitely kind of talk more. We have hopefully got a unicorn, a, a real single woman. Uh, she's a friend of ours um, who plays alone and is quite willing to talk about her experiences. Um, and I think it's it's definitely a whole different perspective playing as a single woman to playing as a couple and playing as a single guy as well and we hope at some stage to have a single guy to give uh, his accounts um, of the lifestyle Uh, but for our next one it will definitely be the single woman yeah so we hope you tune in for that one and uh, we'll look forward to 
I'm hopefully getting some of your feedback on this one as well, just to see what you think about, you know, playing on your own as well, if you're part of a couple. So if you have any feedback or thoughts, you know, do send them to us. We do love to hear from you. Yeah, and we answer messages all the time on Instagram, on Twitter, on our email or on fabswingers.com. So just get in touch with us and we always love to hear from everybody. Great. So we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye.